0: Hey everybody, welcome to the BSN Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about the delicious, certified, gluten-free breads, bagels, English muffins, and other baked goods that are made right here in Johnstown, Colorado. Canyon Bakehouse's gluten, dairy, nut, and soy-free products make it easy for families to enjoy the taste and texture of fresh bread so everyone can love bread again. Find them at any major grocery store in the freezer or fresh bread aisle, or purchase online and visit canyonglutenfree.com to grab a coupon. Off the high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Bayrona for three. It's gone with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. He- There's your touchdown, Michael Gallup. Got it down low, Hornung, dump! And here come the students. Leading by 10, here's Van Pelt. He's at the five, touchdown Colorado State! What's up guys we are back with another edition of the bsn rams podcast presented by canyon bakehouse it is friday september 6th which means that it is officially football friday we are talking football all day today going to go over all the games in the mountain west talk about the lines uh, just the matchups around the league going to talk about some of the other big games as well obviously a uh, A massive weekend for football in the state with CU playing Nebraska at home, uh, one of the more highly anticipated college football games in the Centennial State in a while. We will talk a little bit about that, but mostly going to talk about Western Illinois and the rest of the Mountain West, as this is the BSN Rams podcast. Uh, If you're interested in hearing more about that CU game, I, I recommend you head over to BSN Buffs and see what my guy Hank has going on. He has it covered. I know they had Matt McChesney on the Colorado Sports Podcast this week to talk about the Broncos and and just his perspective on the CU Nebraska. That's not going to be something you want to miss. McChesney is an electric dude. Uh, One of the more brilliant just like football minds in the state of Colorado. Obviously does great things for kids in the community, helping them sign and go on to play college ball. Uh, Really just a good dude. I don't know Matt very well personally, but, um, everyone that I know that's close with him speaks highly of him. And, uh, it was a really interesting podcast. So I, I highly recommend checking it out. Also going to want to plug my Joe Parker podcast. I still can't believe that I had him on. If we're being completely honest, it was something that I had been pushing for, for about a month, but just given how busy his schedule was I wasn't sure if, if he was going to be able to swing it, but we, we were able to make it happen. And, um, It was just an interesting conversation to get his perspective as far as scheduling goes, the challenges facing CSU, some stuff like that. Uh, I know some folks were a little upset that I didn't press him a little bit more, uh, especially on just, like, the future under Mike Bobo and stuff like that. But, you know, you kind of got to walk a fine line there when it comes to the AD. Did ask him point blank, like, why he still supports Mike Bobo. You know, his answer was was not surprising I guess just given the way that he's talked about Bobo in the past he just mentioned that Bobo is a really good man he believes in him as a football coach mentioned some of the offensive numbers that the Rams have put up under him he did admit that the defense needs to get better I think anybody in the world could see that the defense has not been good enough since Mike Bobo took over five years ago um, defense gonna be a big factor moving forward, especially as they, CSU gets into conference play. But it's it's gonna matter this weekend as well. Let's let's start talking a little bit just about this Western Illinois game and some of the things that need to happen for the Rams to come out victorious. I published an article earlier this week breaking down how I feel the tight end position is going to be crucial to opening up the offense moving forward. It allows CSU to to really just be balanced when you have Cameron Butler and Trey McBride on the field at the same time. It really puts defenses in an awkward position because both of those, both of those guys can run really well. Uh, they're great athletes, consistent hands, but they also really just enjoy getting nasty and being blockers, getting down and dirty in the trenches. It was something that uh, I was talking with Trey McBride about the other day, and he was like, yeah, man, you got to take great pride in blocking. And, uh, yeah, it's really fun <laughs> to to knock people on their butts, so... I'm interested to see if CSU can get these tight ends more involved. We saw Cameron Butler score on a 13-yard play against the Buffs. McBride had four catches for 52 yards as well, so they did factor into that into that week 1 game, but I just I would like to see the Rams get them both involved, guys, you know, where you're where you're targeting them targeting targeting, jeez, targeting them both. You know, 5, 6, 7, 8, who knows, just get them involved a lot in the offense. I think These are guys that if you get them rolling, the Rams are going to be really hard to defend against, particularly if the offensive line plays as well as they did against CU. Um, I think that had to be the, the most pleasant thing to come out of that CU game was just how well the offensive line held up against a pretty stout Buffs defensive line. I know CU was relatively inexperienced on the defensive line, and it was week one. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that they have as much size as anybody that CSU is going to have to go up against all year. So the fact that a group of guys who are really have only been in the the current alignment for a couple of weeks were able to to hold up so well was definitely a positive sign. Uh, the Rams ran the ball well, passed the ball well. I think the run game can be a lot better moving forward, especially if Marcus McElroy is healthy. Uh, but one of the guys I'm really interested to see this week is Marvin Kinsey, Last week, it was just like the typical Marvin Kinsey game. You get a couple of really exciting dump-off plays where he's able to break some tackles and, and really come up with crucial first downs that allowed CSU to continue on scoring drives. He was able to do that on multiple occasions. You could tell that he was running physical. He, he didn't shy away from contact. He was dropping the shoulder, you know, looking looking to create that contact, which is something that we haven't seen from him out of the last couple of years. So that was all great. That was all the stuff we love to see out of Marvin Kinsey, but the the penalty, the unsportsmanlike penalty could have cost CSU pretty bad. Uh, it didn't end up being a big deal because Braxton Davis was able to to blast the the kickoff into the end zone, even with the 15 yards. But the fumble at the beginning of the second half, regardless of whether it should have been blown dead or not, that's brutal, absolutely killed all the momentum that CSU had. You know, you're looking to go back up and score there instead. You turn it over, the buffs go down and score. Just a huge swing of momentum. And then, of course, the the missed pass protection later in the second half uh, just allowed Colin Hill to get absolutely murdered. Probably the most brutal hit since Nick Stevens took one in the chin a couple of years ago. I'm drawing a blank on who that opponent was with. If you, if you can remember it, try and find the video and tweet it at me. It was a home game uh, a few years ago where Nick Stevens... Just a linebacker went straight up the middle untouched and hit him square in the chest. Uh, one of the more vicious hits I've ever seen in a college football game. Colin Hill definitely took the best of that lick uh, against CU. So can Marvin be a more consistent player? That's going to be one of the themes of this whole season, but I think that's definitely going to be a factor in Saturday's game. CSU is going to want to control the tempo in this game. As Mike Bobo you know, said throughout the week, Western Illinois – You can't sleep on them, especially offensively. They've got great speed at the skill positions. They like to play with high tempo. They're a team that's going to motion a lot, use a lot of eye candy, try and just get the defense talking and catch them off guard to a a degree. I think this game is almost a good tune-up for Air Force. Uh, The Rams don't have to play the Falcons until later in the year, obviously, but just a good opportunity to go against an athletic group and really test the defense's ability to communicate. There were times against CU where it just looked like the defense was thinking a little bit. I talked to linebacker Tron Folsom after practice on Wednesday, and he kind of alluded to that as well. He thinks that you know they're going to get more comfortable together over the next couple of weeks, but he he did like the effort. So did Bobo. Guys were flying around. They were getting to the football, uh, but they just got to get a little bit more comfortable in that system, and uh, yeah, try to try to limit the big plays did a pretty good job of of doing that against CU. They didn't give up the, you know, like a 40-yard touchdown run to Montez like the year before or the typical 60-plus-yard fly route where the Buffs just torch us, you know, torch the Rams secondary uh, for a long touchdown. Chenault had a nice play at the end of the first half, but that was more about the safeties just getting twisted up. They were in the wrong position, obviously. Chenault wide open gets a huge score to put the buffs back up. So how this defense is able to respond is going to be a big factor this weekend. I'm definitely itch- interested to see what they do because, you know, if it's a it's a game where you give up 30-plus points, I think there are going to be a lot of CSU fans that are feeling relatively uneasy about John Jancic. I think a lot of fans probably weren't stoked that he came back in the first place. It made sense to me to bring him back for at least another year. I don't think... It would have been fair to to let go of him after last season, especially given just the beginning of the year and and how him and Dave Johnson had to step up without Mike Bobo in the picture. It was just a really awkward situation. You had veterans that didn't completely buy in. and you know, we saw we saw what happened a three and nine season where filled with a lot more low moments than high moments. But I do think this team has potential, and I think that this game is, A big stepping stone for the Rams moving forward. You'd like to see them come out with a solid performance at home. Uh, Traditionally, CSU pretty good in home openers over the year. They did lose last season to Hawaii in a week zero matchup, uh, but they are eight and two over the last decade. So just a chance to to get on the right note before you have to go on the road at Arkansas for a really tough game, and then you come back and close out non-conference play against Toledo I've been saying for weeks that Toledo game is going to be massive for CSU's bowl chances. Gotta find a way to win that one. Gotta find a way to win against Western Illinois. At the very minimum, go two and two in non-conference play. If you're able to do that, you give yourself a nice chance to to compete for six wins and and get back to the postseason, which really is what the goal always needs to be. You want to win conference championships. You want to you want to you know reach all the the peaks that college football teams. You know, can soar to the the. It would be cool to see CSU make a New Year's Six bowl or you know the Fiesta Bowl or something like that down the line. But right now, the goal just needs to be getting back to the postseason, getting that extra month of practice, and and I think this program you know can get back going in the right direction. But all of that starts with Western Illinois. We are going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsor. But when we come back, going to preview some of the games around the Mountain West do a little bit of college football pick'em, and just, uh, yeah, wrap up this Football Friday podcast. It's time to take a second and acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's personal favorite, the world-famous Avalanche, which is their classic American Amber Ale. But they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky that you guys are going to love. For you beer enthusiasts out there, they are calling this a light-hearted Kolsch Ale. But for those of you that have no idea what that means, this is that light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. So look for Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge beer. And make sure you also look out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. We just launched it, and you'll be able to see all of the events we have planned where we'll be drinking Breck beers at all of them. So RSVP and have a good time. Welcome back to the BSN Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. Just went over the CSU Western Illinois game. Now we are going to talk about just what's going on around the rest of the league. Really, really big weekend for the Mountain West in week one. Four wins over power five conferences. Had a chance for six. Uh, Utah State and CSU both lost, but four wins over the Power 5, really respectable showing for the Mountain West. They're going to have some more opportunities this weekend as well. Uh, We're just going to kind of go over each game. Don't want to spend a a ton of time on each one. We're obviously not going to take 10 minutes to preview each one of these games like we did with CSU and Western Illinois, but I did want to just go over what's going on around the league and just kind of get the context of what's happening over the next couple of weeks. We're really going to figure out, which one of these teams are contenders and which one of them are pretenders so starting friday night boise state hosts marshall boise state 12 and a half point favorites in this game makes a lot of sense Uh, coming off of a big upset win of florida state in that game freshman quarterback hank bachmeyer threw for 407 yards sophomore running back robert mahone rushed for 142 yards Uh, That's 14 more than he had all of last season. Two touchdowns on 24 carries for Mahone. So really just a complete game from that Boise State Broncos offense. You know, something that we talked about going into the year was how they returned all five starting offensive linemen. It definitely, it served them well in that first game. Bachmeyer didn't have to face a ton of pressure. He was able to kind of pick apart that Seminoles defense in the second half. The big thing I'm curious to see is how Boise State's defense responds. They gave up 426 yards to Florida State total. That's not shocking or horrendous, but a lot of yards. And 21 points in the first quarter alone, so really it was a slow start. Dug themselves a deep hole. They were able to dig their way out of it and, and steal that upset victory. But at home, I, I'd imagine Boise State is they're looking to to run this game up. Marshall has some talent, but I ultimately, I think Boise State's able to win this game. Rather handily, 12.5-point favorites, I imagine they cover. San Diego State on Saturday, they play at UCLA at 2.15. Really uh, interesting game. The Aztecs are 9-point underdogs going in. They are coming off of a Week 1 victory, but not a very impressive one. Only were able to beat Weber State or Weber State. I've never... I've never actually known which one it is, Weber or Weber. If you know the difference, please let me know. 6-0. When I think back to Weber State, I think back, gosh, it it would have been about a decade ago when the Rams opened against Weber State. Barely won. I remember being pissed off because that game wasn't on TV, Uh, but not not an impressive showing for Rocky Long and the Aztecs in week one. Still got the victory, but 6-0 at home. Definitely disappointing. The Aztecs have made some changes to the offense this year. They're running out of a spread having the quarterback take most of his snaps out of a shotgun they're still trying to lean on the run game uh, so i imagine they're doing a lot of rpos and stuff like that but i will be curious to see how this game plays out won't get to watch it live because it's at the same time as western illinois and csu but will be a big game nonetheless ucla coming off of a a tough loss at cincinnati they really got dominated in that game on that opening Thursday night, 24-14 at Cincinnati. Um, honestly, I, I would have liked to have seen UCLA win that game, mostly because I, I just I get tired of hearing about the American Conference. As a Mountain West guy, I just think their pompousness gets a little bit old, uh, especially given that they haven't really accomplished a whole lot yet. But I guess I don't need to take any more shots at the American big win for Cincinnati over UCLA I'll be curious to see how UCLA responds at home against San Diego State Wyoming coming off of a a big upset in Missouri they really dominated that game impressive showing from quarterback Sean Chambers really looked athletic I still think he needs to prove more from a from a passing standpoint I don't think he really scares defenses if you can make him sit back and and play quarterback but when when he's able to use his athleticism run around it makes it really difficult. He's a hard guy to bring down. Uh, the Pokes play at Texas State this weekend. They are seven-point favorites in this game. I imagine this is a game that Wyoming wins, but it could be a little bit of a trap game, especially just coming off of of the highs of beating an SEC team at home. Fans storm the field. Everybody's telling how telling you how great you are for a week. So. We'll just be curious to see how Wyoming responds. I do think Craig Bowl is one of the better coaches in the league. I, I imagine they won't go in overlooking their opponent, but you just never know. I think naturally it's easy to let your guard down after you beat a team as prominent as Missouri. But yeah, I'll be. I think I think Wyoming covers seven point favorites. I imagine they cover at Texas State. I do think that's a game that could be a little bit closer uh, than it should. Nevada. Coming off of a huge upset of Purdue, kick a game-winning field goal, a walk-on kicker gets put on scholarship—definitely a great moment. They are playing at number sixteen, Oregon. Oregon obviously coming off of a, a tough loss against Auburn, but this is a—it's going to be a pretty tough game for Nevada, if we're being honest. They're twenty-four point underdogs going in, and it wouldn't shock me if Oregon covered in this game. I do think Nevada is a pretty good team, and I think they are going to to make the postseason this year, but I think you're going to see a very pissed-off Oregon Ducks team just given how that game played out against Auburn. They they had so many chances to win that game and really hurt themselves with penalties. I'm looking for Oregon quarterback Justin Herbert to come out and just sling the football a little bit. I think this is a game that's it's just going to be one. It's going to be really telling of this Oregon team, how talented are they actually, and it's going to be a great test for Nevada who... They were able to get one big win to start the season. If you're competitive on the road at Oregon, I think it would be really big for their confidence moving forward. Nonetheless, I still expect Oregon to cover that 24-point spread. Uh, No no spread listed on Bovada for Stony Brook at Utah State, but Utah State coming off of a a week one loss should be able to get back to their winning ways against Stony Brook. Not going to spend a lot of time on that game, but... I imagine Jordan Love, Aggie's quarterback, will rally the troops. Tulsa at San Jose State, one of the more interesting games in the Mountain West, honestly. Uh, San Jose State, despite being the home team, goes into this game as six-and-a-half-point underdogs. Uh, 7 p.m. game in San Jose. The Spartans beat UNC Greeley by 17 at home last week, but... I don't know. Tulsa, they they had a respectable showing against Michigan State. They lost 28-7 on the road. They're going to want to win this game badly because after San Jose State, they have to face Oklahoma State and Wyoming. Definitely don't want to start non-conference play 0-4. So I imagine this is a game where you see Tulsa come out just pretty hungry for, for a win. But if San Jose State is somehow able to win this game at home, we're maybe looking at a slightly improved San Jose State team. I don't think... Anyone fears the Spartans. They're going to have to do a hell of a lot more than beat Tulsa and Greeley before people start taking them seriously. But just a nice chance for for San Jose State to steal a win against a, a decent team at home. UNLV will host Arkansas State at 8 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, the Rebels beat down Utah State pretty good last week, but Arkansas State's going to be a much tougher test. Uh, This is another situation similar to Tulsa where the team just desperately needs to win because of the schedule they have upcoming UNLV after this Arkansas state game, they are going on the road to play Northwestern and Wyoming come back to host Boise state. And then you travel to Vanderbilt and Fresno state UNLV could legitimately lose all five of those games. If they lose to Arkansas state as well, you're potentially looking at a six game losing streak one in six would put you in a basically it basically guarantee that UNLV doesn't make the postseason this year and if that ends up being the case I imagine the Rebels are going to be in the market for a new head coach Tony Sanchez this is kind of the prove it year for him I'd, I'd imagine him and Bobo are probably the the two coaches in the league with their seat feeling the hottest right now I'll be curious to see how Arkansas State hangs in this game. They gave SMU all they could handle last week, losing 37-30, but they turned the football over four times. Uh, Really had a chance to win. So I'll be curious to see how UNLV responds at home. Not much of a home field advantage for the Rebels, but big game, one they absolutely need to win. They are one-point favorites going in, and I, I think they'll win, and I think they'll cover. Well, I guess they'd have to cover if they're one-point favorites, but anyways, Minnesota at Fresno State, second-to-last league game of the night. Fresno State had a chance to to beat USC last week, ended up losing quarterback Jorge Reyna through an interception uh, that sealed the deal. He played fairly well. Uh, offense definitely looked like they had a new quarterback. This is a big chance for Fresno State to prove themselves against a, a talented Minnesota team. So Minnesota struggled a little bit with South Dakota State, but people seem to be pretty high on the Gophers this year. Good chance for Fresno State to prove themselves. They are three-point underdogs in this game, but I do expect Fresno State to win. I think this is one where we see a response and that defense comes out and just is able to to keep the Gophers at bay. And I think Fresno State is able to steal that one at home. Last game of the night, Oregon State at Hawaii, 10 p.m. kickoff. So if you get back from the bars around 1 a.m., you can still catch the second half of that game, fourth quarter. Um, Hawaii, obviously, coming off of a a massive upset at the University of Arizona. Honestly, this Oregon State team is not as good as Arizona, but it's one of those can Hawaii be focused. They are seven-point favorite favorites over Oregon State in this game. A little bit surprising, but a win would give them back-to-back wins over the Pac-12. I do like this Hawaii offense. I like Cole McDonald. I know he had uh, quite a few turnovers in that first game and there were some up and down moments, but he's incredibly athletic, has an absolute hose of an arm, can really just sling the ball downfield. I expect Hawaii is going to come out, try and move the ball at tempo, get the ball in the hands of their wide receiver, Cedric Bird. Uh, I I feel like Hawaii can win this game. Maybe I'm I'm drinking a little bit too much of that Nick Rolovich Kool Aid, but ultimately I think Hawaii wins this game, moves to two and zero on the season, and two and zero against the Pac-12. Whew, that was a that was a lot of information to go over, uh, but really, really big weekend for the Mountain West again. Another chance for the league to secure some wins over prominent opponents, but. That's all we had to discuss today on the BSN Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. Definitely looking forward to another exciting weekend of college football. Obviously have the first weekend of NFL as well. uh, But this podcast is about college football. We are dedicated to college football and I'm just interested to see how CSU is able to respond against Western Illinois. This is a game where you really need to see a strong performance out of the Rams. I think you will see it, uh, but you just never know. Uh, coming off of a year in which CSU lost to an FCS team at home, I think Ram fans just understand that, you know, that in any given Saturday, any given team can win. But this is definitely a a prove it game for the Rams. I think you see them come out with a with a hefty victory. I'm I'm going to say, you know, I don't want to necessarily say a uh, a score prediction but i think this is a game that csu ends up winning by double digits uh closer to 20 than 10 so make sure you're keeping up with bsn rams on twitter and facebook throughout the games we'll have up-to-date information through it all i'll have you know a post-game reaction piece we're going to do a column after the game and uh yeah so we'll just have all kinds of CSU Western Illinois coverage. I appreciate everybody for listening this week. Thank you to everyone that shared the Joe Parker podcast and reached out with kind words. I greatly appreciate it. We will definitely try to get more high-profile guests on the podcast in the future. So, yeah, looking forward to another, another weekend of college football. Thanks for listening.